today on New Season. Tell your other neighbor, I'm next to reap an unprecedented harvest. I'm next to partake of an awakening in my nation. I am next to witness a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Tell somebody behind you, I'm next. I'm next for the breakthrough. I'm next for the overflow. I'm next for the healing. Somebody shout, I am. And now, here's today's word with Pastor Sam Rodriguez. John chapter 5, afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days inside the city of Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porch waiting for a certain movement of the water. We're going to include verse 4 for the, for the reason of contextualization here. For an angel of the Lord came from time to time to stir up the water. This is a debated verse. That's why I... I I sort of give you a preamble. And the first person to step in after the water was stirred, when the water was stirred, would be healed of whatever disease he or she had. Now, back to the, the narrative that's been fully embraced. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man replied, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But here comes the verse. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. But it happened on the Sabbath. Under the collective canopy of legacy, I want to share with you on the subject matter. But it happened on the Sabbath. When God makes it happen, when it's not supposed to happen. Before we continue, I want you to touch your neighbor, the one you like the most. And tell him, it will happen on the Sabbath. No, look at him and tell him, no, it's going to happen on the Sabbath. Tell him, God's going to make it happen when it's not supposed to happen. When hell says it's not supposed to happen, when the haters say it's not supposed to happen, when the critics say it's not supposed to happen, when your body says it's not supposed to happen, when your circumstances say it's not supposed to happen, God will make it happen when it's not supposed to happen. If you believe that, give God a shout of praise. The subtitle of the message would be, I'm next. So you talk to the neighbor you like. Tell your other neighbor, the one you barely tolerate, tell them. Tell your other neighbor, go ahead, tell them, I'm next. Tell your other neighbor, I'm next. Dile a tu vecino, yo soy próximo. I am next, I am next, I am next, I am next. We're going to get into this. Are there any questions? This is a word, it's just, and it's, and it's, whoop, whoop. The, you have, the story is so compelling. Pastor Tony, you're going to help me. Can you help me? Pastor Tony is one of my dearest friends. He's a spiritual younger brother. We're too much in age to be a spiritual son, but then he, I have to give him half my will. But I, so he's going to help me just demonstrate this, and, and go ahead, Tony. No te caiga para nada, sabe, cualquier cosa ahí, no te, no. 
the, the pool. The pool. You have to just picture this for a second. You have the pool of Bethesda. Around the pool of Bethesda, you have broken people, paralyzed people, lame people. And they're waiting for a certain moving of the waters. There was a heavenly construct already in place that the water was moved on occasion. And subsequently, when the waters would be stirred up, the first person to go into the water would experience his or her corresponding miracle or healing. And there was a structure already in place. And we have this man who was paralyzed, lame, paralyzed. And we know we do our, our appropriate Greek exeget and due diligence. This man lacked complete mobility because he actually mentions it in verse 7. So this man couldn't move an inch. And he could never get it. He, for 38 years and whatever how long he was around the pool of Bethesda, he would see other people. He stated explicitly, I would see other people get their miracle, their healing, their breakthrough. And I would never get mine because every single time I thought it was my turn, someone else would get there ahead of me because there was no one there to put me in the waters. So he was there. He, was kind, he saw us. He was so close and yet so far. He was right at the precipice of a miracle. He was always there. Siempre estaba purgadita ahí a centímetros de experimentar su milagro. He was always that close. He, he thought he was next. Can you imagine the waters would be stirred up? And then he thought, I'm next, I'm next. And something there was, can somebody help me? And there was no one, so he wasn't next. He, he always thought he would be next, but he never ended up being next because, because, because he said it. No, mate. Verse 7, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Because your breakthrough is directly proportional to your dependency. L let me explain. He depended on others for his breakthrough. He depended on others for his healing. He depended on others for his miracle. When you depend on others more than you depend on God, you will never see the fullness of what God purposed for you. One more time. When you depend on others more than you depend on God, perpetual paralysis will define you. It's a matter of dependency. And unfortunately, we depend on others to make us happy. We depend on others to make us complete. We depend on others for our breakthroughs. Don't get offended now. We depend on government and media and culture to teach our children what is right and what is wrong. So dominion... It's time for a shift. Y'all didn't hear me. Look at your neighbor, tell him it's time for a shift. Matter of fact, go like this, go. It's time for a shift. Tell him, tell him, neighbor, your destiny cannot be in someone else's hand. Your future cannot be in someone else's hand. Your children and your children's children will not be in someone else's hand. From this moment on, let me prophesy. Your destiny, your future, your family will be in the hands of the one who said, nothing will be able to snatch you away from my hand. John 10, 28. I dare you to look at your name and tell him, I depend on God alone. Psalm 62, verse 5. Tell your other neighbor, I depend on God alone. Raise, raise your right hand, repeat after me. From this moment on, I will depend on the one that never fails. If you believe that, give him a clap offering. Let him know that you're talking to him. So it's an issue of dependency. Let me lay this out for you briefly. 
the presence of God shows up in this man. The presence of God shows up and ends paralysis. You, by the way, he was paralyzed for, or he was ill for how many years? That's a generation. The presence of God will end generational paralysis. I'm going to say that one more time for the hearing impaired. The presence of God will end generational paralysis. I don't drink the Kool-Aid. It doesn't matter what media says. The presence of Jesus in America and around the world will end generational paralysis. There is a generation about to rise up. There's a generation about to change the atmosphere, shift the culture towards righteousness. The presence of Jesus will end generational paralysis. Because here's a truth that cannot and will not be denied. We have all suffered from paralysis. Not necessarily physical, but spiritual, emotional, financial, relational. Some of you here today listening and watching around the world, maybe right now that defines you, the lack of mobility, action, movement, paralyzed integrity, paralyzed faith, paralyzed dreams, paralyzed destiny, paralyzed family members, paralyzed ministries, paralyzed harvests. Paralyzed by what? Paralizado por qué? Paralyzed by sin. Sin paralyzes you. Paralyzed by failure, by fear, the past, shame, religious condemnation, self-pity, victimization mentality. Paralyzed by poverty, erroneous thoughts, abuse. Paralyzed by broken relationships. Paralyzed by unforgiveness and unbelief. by others' opinions of you. Paralyzed by what others say about you. Paralyzed by the constant need to be affirmed and validated. Like, 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 like. I don't give a holy hoot how many like me. I care about the one who loved me. It's not about how many like me. It's about the one who loves me. by fear fear of what fear of windows of what we see in the outside world and fear of mirrors of what we see within ourselves at a corporate macro level just like the man we stand privy to the fact that there is a generation in North America and around the world paralyzed by moral relativism by cultural decadence, by spiritual apathy, by violence and corruption, darkness, hatred, bigotry, intolerance, perversion, and death. Paralyzed by political correctness, as Pastor Rod alluded to in the message. Paralyzed by political discord. Turn on the news. Turn on the news right now. Go ahead. Fox, MSNBC, CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, and even Univision. <laughs> and you will see that America right now, I kid you not, is paralyzed. This nation is paralyzed. And what's the answer? What? Don't drink the Kool-Aid. 
What's the answer, Pastor Sam? We need more We need more this and more that. We don't need more donkey followers and we don't need more elephant followers. What America needs is more followers of the lamb and the lion of the tribe of Judah. The answer to America's paralysis is not respectfully. It's not more Republicans or more Democrats. It is more born-again, blood-washed, devil-rebuking, demon-binding, spirit-empowered believers. The answer to America's paralysis is the church of Jesus Christ. And not just any church, but a united church. Because a divided church will never heal a broken nation. Oh, it's a holy church. The answer to America's paralysis is a holy church. First Peter 1.16, a healed church. First Peter 2.24, a healthy church. Third John chapter 1, verse 2, and a happy church. John 15.11. And you may go, happiness is not necessarily a biblical metric or outcome. I'm not talking about the way the world defines happiness. I'm talking about biblical joy. What does that mean? That we can't be, we are not, we are not the depressed news people. And we are not the sad news people. And we are not the bad news people. We are people of the gospel. And gospel means good news matter of fact do me a favor let's engage in an exercise to prove this put a smile on your face right now the biggest smile you could possibly place on your face put a smile on your face go ahead do it right now all the cameramen look for the smiles whoever's not smiling focus on them right now put a smile on your face and look at your neighbor and ask your neighbor why are you smiling I need you to believe this. Right now, the country is depressed. The country is divided. The nation is paralyzed. We have the solution. We have the antidote. We have the answer. So put a smile on your face. Ask your neighbor, why are you smiling? Tell that neighbor, neighbor, the reason I'm smiling is because of still. Ask your neighbor, what still? Tell him because God is still on the throne. I said God is still on the throne. I said God is still on the throne. God is still setting the captives free. God is still forgiving the sinner, healing the sick. And there is still power in the name of... Don't drink the Kool-Aid. God is not done with America, and America's not done with God. It's don't just because you have to, I don't care how bad things are. If it's broken, God can fix it. I said, if it's broken, God can fix it. Nothing is impossible, Luke 137. The presence of God always makes you next. I need to explain this. It's, I want you to imagine this man seeing other people get their breakthrough, get their miracle, receive their healing. He was always so close and yet so far because of that issue of perpetual dependency. So he always saw someone else become next. And I need you to hear me because the Spirit of God spoke to me and 
to tell you, and I say that with fear and trembling, when this man missed his turn on so many of occasions, and I need to ask you, how many here can look back in time, and you can say, Pastor Rodriguez, I, there was a moment there where I missed my turn. There was a resource, there was a door, and for whatever reason, my immaturity, uh, self-inflicted wounds, or somebody else, a spiritual warfare, whatever the reason, but there, there, was, a, there was a thing, there, it abrió, and I, I, admit, I took the exit, I kept on, and the exit was, but I, I kept on, and I, I missed it. If you at least can look back in history in time and say, I at least miss, I know there's one regret. I, I miss my one time. If you at least missed one turn, raise one hand. Whoa. If you missed a couple turns, raise both hands. If you missed more turns than you remember, raise both hands and a foot. If you're committed to never missing a turn again, Am I preaching to anybody in this place? I have a word for somebody. God gave me a word. I'm going to say it. You've been waiting for your turn. You've been praying for your turn. You've been fasting for your turn. You've been through hell for your turn. You fought off devils, demons, legions, principalities, powers of darkness. You fought off other people. You even rebuked yourself for your turn. And just like this man, you've been asking, when will I be next? The Spirit of God told me to tell you, and I say this with fear and trembling. God told me to tell you one thing. Put a praise on your lips and a shout in your mouth. Because you are next. Tell your neighbor, I'm next. Tell him I'm next. Shout like your necks and praise like your necks. Rejoice like your necks. If you really believe this word that you are next, raise one hand. You have no idea what this is. This is not like, oh, that's cute. No, this is the word of the Lord. Listen, I, I can, I've lived this out. I can show you. I will. So it's not hyperbole. It's not emotional exuberance. It's the word of God. I need you to look at your neighbor. Tell him, neighbor, I know I'm next. Tell him, I'm next to see my entire family saved. Show. Hey, 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 hey. Say that one more time. Say, I am next to see my entire family I am next to witness a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Tell somebody behind you, I'm next. I'm next for the breakthrough. I'm next for the overflow. I'm next for the healing. Somebody shout, I am. Is there anybody next in this place? 
Is there anybody next in this place? Shout like your next. You're next. You are next. You've been waiting. You've been seeing other people get, but you're next. I said, you're next. You're next. You are next. You are next. You're next to see the growth and the promotion. You are next. You're next. Hey, guys, I got to. We got we to gotta get this guy good. Tu eres próximo. Tu eres próximo. Change is truly, it, there's a necessity to break down the exchange because the, the presence of God ends generational paralysis. The presence of God makes you next. The presence of God changes you in front of your circumstances. Because the exchange was just, it's just an epic exchange. It's, Jesus shows up. Would you, would you like to get well? And if we were to go with deep in the Greek exegete of the phrase, it's basically, do you want what I have for you? It's a simple query that requires, from a grammatical standpoint, a yes or no response. It's, do you want what I have for you? Simple. You could either say yes or no. The man says, I can't. <laughs> hey, sunshine. Not only is your body paralyzed, but your thoughts are paralyzed. Your thinking is paralyzed. Obviously, your faith non-existent is paralyzed, but would be because you're answering erroneously. I'm not asking you if you could. Obviously, you can't. If you could, you wouldn't be here in the first place. I know you can't. You're full of yourself. I'm speaking parenthetically now. You're full of yourself. It's about you. It's all about you. I can't. I can't. I know you can't. That's why I'm here. It's not about your ability. It's about my anointing. It's not about your potential to get up. It's about my power to tell you to get up and make you get up. But this, I'm, 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 I'm going to land here in a second. But I, I need you to get this because this, 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 this blew me away. Because he came over, he came over, he saw the man, and the man is next to the waters. Waters that would receive divine visitation. They, they, that's just a matter of fact. On occasion, and it wasn't demons who would move the water, they were what? This is, this is a heavenly construct. So you would have assumed for a moment that Jesus could have said, Hello, I know you've been waiting for the moving of the waters, and, but I am Jesus. Those waters, they work for me. 
And trust me, I can do things with water. You gotta ask mom about what happened in that wedding. I mean, I can do things with water. And, and he could have said, it's me now. I'm gonna make the waters bubble up. Even if it's not, they're not supposed to bubble up now, I can make them bubble up and I'm just gonna push you over. You do your thing. He could have said, I'm gonna make the water. He could have said, I'm Jesus. And the angels work for me. Because there's already a construct in place. So I'm gonna make the angels come down because I could order them to do things. And they're gonna come down and stir up the waters right now because they work for me. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. You can tell everybody. But he didn't. He could have said, number three, I got this. I'm going to take you myself. I'm going to carry you into the waters. And by carrying you into the waters, you with the system already in place. But for whatever reason, Jesus bypassed a system that was already in place. A heavenly system. I'm going to preach in a second. There was a divine construct already in place that on occasion would bring about healing to those that were blessed. Some of you may say in the secular arena, lucky enough to be close to it. No, we don't believe in luck. We believe in blessed, right? So those that were blessed enough to be right next to the waters, when the waters would be stirred up, they received, but not everyone. It was a limited few. So there was already a construct in place, a heavenly construct, mind you. But then Jesus shows up and says, hold on. The construct already created and we have endorsed it's a heavenly construct. That construct is not bringing about the benefits to everyone. It's only to a limited few. As a matter of fact, the very few. So I myself need to intervene and get involved myself. Even though there's already a model in place, the better model is when I myself take responsibility to make sure not that five people get their miracle or ten people get their miracle, but I'm going to make sure everybody, ladies and gentlemen, we have the law that was a construct, there was a law that was a model, and then Jesus on the cross in the resurrection there is a new model called the grace filled vicarious atoning blood washed work of Jesus not for some people to get their miracle but but for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be Uh, for it is God who is effectively at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure Philippians 2.13 uh, here it is I'm not here just to change what's outside of you I'm here to change what's inside of you I'm not here to touch your circumstances I'm here to transform your life uh, because you're not blessed because of where you are you are blessed because of who you are a child of the living God and then it happened here we go and then it happened and he did it in a new way of course you know I say a 43 19 raise your right hand he did something new we know that as the grace-filled work of Jesus let me speak to someone I say a 43 19 I'm about to do something you have already begun here it is what God's about to do next in your life will break the rules of expectations the norms of conformity and bypass the usual God will do something new for you. He does not want to renovate your past. He wants to release your future. 
You're not hearing me. Stop insisting that he moved the waters. Get over the past. Stop telling God, I want that person back in my life. Get over that. I need to stop talking to him about the hell you've been through and start giving him praise for the heaven you're going to. You need to start, my God, are you with me right now? Stop telling him to renovate that past. He doesn't want to renovate your past. He wants to release your glorious future. Now, we're going to land. We're going to land. The presence of God empowers you to do what you could not do before. Jesus told them, stand up. This is not just another phrase. Something's about to happen now. It's not just another request. Jesus is telling him, not asking him, but instructing him to do what he could not do before. The audacity. Stand up, he told them. Do what you could not do before. An encounter with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit will always empower you to do what you could not do before. Oh, man. So when I, let's do something here. Tony, I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit told me. And I say that again. When I count to three, I want you to stand up. I'm going to tell you what the Lord told me. The Lord told me, when you stand up as a prophetic illustration, not a sermonette illustration, a prophetic illustration, with definitive measurables, measurable outcomes, the moment you stand up here, every vestige of paralysis... Not just some of it. Every vestige of paralysis in your life, in the life of those watching right now, those that are streaming, those that are watching this program, every vestige of paralysis in your family, your home, your marriage, your ministries, your atmosphere, financially, spiritually, relationally, every bit of paralysis will come to an end right here, right now, forevermore, and never again will your faith be paralyzed, never again will your future be paralyzed, never again will your favor be paralyzed. So when I count to three, matter of fact, look at your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, this is the day. No, 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 tell him, neighbor, from this moment on, you and your family, you and your church, you and your ministry, you will see what you could not see before. You are about to achieve what you could not achieve before. You are about to accomplish what you could not accomplish before. You are about to conquer what you could not conquer before. Ask your neighbor, are you ready to stand up? Are you ready to stand up? Are you ready to stand up? One more time, tell your neighbor, neighbor. I'm about to do what I could not do before. I'm about to occupy what I could not occupy before. Your season of being stuck comes to an end right here, right now. All right, are you ready? Ezekiel 2.1 says, stand up and I will speak to you. Acts 2.14, Peter stood up and God spoke through him. Here it is. Stand up and be holy. 1 Peter 1.16, stand up and be one. John 17.21, stand up and be light. Matthew 5.14, stand up and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, stand up, stand up. Watch. So he doesn't know this. He knew I was, well, 
let me explain to you. He has no idea what's going to happen next. He doesn't. Because I didn't, because my travel assistant, his name is George Hicks, this morning at 2.34 in the morning I received a text. I was at Bedside Tabernacle when I received it. So I actually received this this morning. Pastor Sam, never happened before. Pastor Sam, American Airlines canceled my flight. And he was the one that's going to illustrate this. And he said, Pastor Sam, I'm broken and canceled my flight. The earliest flight is tomorrow morning. I think we may have an opportunity to get there tonight at 11 p.m. <laughs> Spirit of God speaks to me. And I, I don't say that with, so lightly. You, have to, you knew. I fear the Lord. Even using the Spirit of God told me, like, all that. You got to make sure it's God, man. I mean, you just got to make sure it's God. We can destroy lives by speaking a pathetic word, or a word is not just a. It's just crazy. It's just the pathetic can destroy and can discombobulate churches and ministries and lives. And so I need to know it's God. It's just 120% God. It's, it's God on steroids, you know, that kind of God. <laughs> Spirit of God told me and said, Use Tony. There was a bit of a hesitation on my end. Because he doesn't know I'm going to say this. Because again, he has no idea. He thinks he's a Because in the past few months, this past October, this young man here, talking about being paralyzed. Sometimes we're paralyzed by pain and grief. In the, this, I say that respectfully. In this past October, this father, early 30s, of three kids became a widower. And his his wife was now with the Lord. And I have seen this young man. So the Lord told me, use Tony. He said, use Tony because I'm going to do this with Tony as you speak to him. But I'm going to do it with everyone at Dominion and everyone watching. And I said, Lord, do what? Tell him, I know there are many of them who have been paralyzed by pain. By the pain, not just of a physical loss, by the pain and the grief of suffering. Someone who was in their lives is no longer in their lives. They lost a resource, a person. They lost a relationship. They lost a security blanket. There are many who have been paralyzed by physical pain, by emotional pain, by mental pain. Tell them, tell them today that they will no longer be paralyzed by pain. They Your season of being paralyzed by pain will end tonight and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, you will not be paralyzed by pain. You will be propelled by praise. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, when you stand up prophetically with your faith in righteousness, when you stand up, the pain will be replaced with praise. If you believe that, give God one more shout in this place. Are you ready? Are you ready? So at the count of three, man, I want you to stand up. Every vestige of paralysis in you in your family, your home, your marriage, your ministry. Matter of fact, let me prophesy. Not only will you never be paralyzed again, but your children and your children's children and your... 
I'm going to say it till the devil gets a migraine. Your children and your children's children and your children's children's children will never be paralyzed. Are you ready to stand up? Take your neighbor. Are you ready? Tell them I'm next. 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 Paralyzed thoughts, paralyzed thinking, paralyzed faith, paralyzed vision, paralyzed harvest, paralyzed anointing. Se acabó. Se acabó. Never again, never again, never again. One. I'm speaking to a church that's been paralyzed. I'm speaking to a church in America that's been paralyzed. Never again, never again. The church is about to stand up and shine the glory of the risen Christ like we've never shined before. I'm speaking to gifts that have been paralyzed. I'm speaking to mantles that have been paralyzed. Callings that have been paralyzed. One. Tell your neighbor, make, give me some room. Tell them, give me some room. Tell them, I've been waiting for this. I've been praying for this. I've been fighting for this. I have some battle scars for this. Tell them, this is my hour to stand up. Are you ready? One, two, three, stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up, Dominion. Stand up. Rejoice like your next stand up.
touch your neighbor. Tell them, neighbor, tell them, my praise says, I'm not paralyzed anymore. My shout says, I'm not paralyzed anymore. My worship says, I'm not paralyzed anymore. Tell them, I stood up, ready or not, here I come. Tell your neighbor, ready or not, here I come. Tell somebody, ready or not, here I come. Ready or not, here I come. Ready or not, here I come. Ready or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. your family will never be paralyzed again. Y'all didn't hear me. How many believe your calling will never be paralyzed again? Your church will never be paralyzed again. Your gift will never be paralyzed again. Your holiness will never be paralyzed is for you, raise one hand. by spiritual warfare. No, 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 Paralyzed by haters and contrarians. No, 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 Pastor, we're gonna land this. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna land this. We're gonna, but, we're, but, but I just, I need to show you. I want you to stand, oh, you are standing. There's, because an authentic and transparent encounter with the living Jesus, the conduit of the Holy Spirit, will empower you to do what you could not do before. So let me explain something to you. Give me, let me have that here. The next thing he looks at him, this is what God told me to tell you. He not only told him to stand up, there, there's a logic, there's a continuum of prophetic execution. And the continuum includes the following component. I did not just tell you to stand up. I told you to pick up that man. Now you may argue, why was Jesus so obsessed with Mr. Former Paralyzed picking up the mat? Put it down for a second, son. Because if he would have left that mat there before, there would be an expectation by those at the pool that one day he would come back to that place again. You're not hearing me. There would be a de facto understanding that one day he's coming back. The moment you pick up your mat, you say, I don't live there anymore. Tell your neighbor, pick up your mat. Pick up your mat. Tell him I don't live there anymore. I don't live there anymore. I don't 
please, 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 tell your neighbor, neighbor, I picked up my mat, which means I don't live there anymore. I don't live in paralysis anymore. I don't live in temporary breakthroughs anymore. I don't live in anxiety anymore. I don't live in depression anymore. I don't live in sin anymore. I don't live in iniquity anymore. I don't live there anymore. If you don't live there anymore, give God the kind of shout that lets him. Spiritually speaking, prophetically speaking, metaphorically speaking with a prophetic nuance to it, you're not who you used to be. You're no longer waiting by the pool of Bethesda. You don't live there anymore. Even you've been through stuff that should have taken you out and here you are. You don't live there anymore. You don't live in the past anymore. You don't, you don't live there anymore. This was not a temporary thing that Jesus did. I'm, I'm picking up my mat. I'm never going back to that place. I'm not. Tell somebody I'm not who I used to be. Tell them I don't live there anymore. In my heart, I don't live there anymore. In my mind, I don't live there anymore. With my actions, I don't live there anymore. It's time to bring things to closure. An authentic encounter with the presence of Jesus will empower you to bring things to closure. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Stand with, you are standing. Okay, okay. So the last part of that, and I, I, I'll pass the baton is, he tells them, start walking. Hold on, hold on. Hey, you gotta put this in perspective. I need, because the moment you start walking, carrying the evidence, there are some Pharisees and Sadducees and religious and cultural and media league who are going, let me, let me explain something. Have you ever been to a mall? Raise your hand. When I accompany my lovely wife, be it to a Target or the mall, I would prefer the Target is more economically advantageous for yours truly. <laughs> Notwithstanding, I drop my wife off, I park the car in the parking lot, and I make my way to there are doors at the, you don't turn knobs in the entrance of a mall. The mall doors, as you well know, have sensors. And the moment that the sensor reads your presence, You don't have to pry it open. You don't need a key for the door. You don't need to kick it open. The moment it senses your presence, the door automatically. 
You see, you've been thinking that you've been waiting for doors to open up for you when the doors have been waiting for you to walk up. You think you've been waiting on God for your miracle and God's for what you've been asking for and God's been waiting for you to mature and to walk enough in the faith and in righteousness so when he gives you what you've been asking for it will not be lost I'm here to tell you what God told me to tell you tell your neighbor neighbor I stood up I picked up my mat and now I'm gonna start walking and tell your neighbor don't hate on me but the doors that are about to open tell your neighbor neighbor that door that you've been praying for that you shook hell off for not just any door but that door is about to open in my favor Tell your neighbor, neighbor. The moment you start walking, it's about you walking. It's not about the door coming to you. It's about you walking by faith. You walking by faith and not by sight. You walking led by the spirit and not by the flesh. Galatians 5.16, 2 Corinthians 5.7. All right, look, look at your neighbor. Tell him, neighbor. Tell him, start walking. Move your feet. Prophetically speaking, I'm prophesying to somebody here. Right after the minion, the doors that are about to open in your favor will exceed anything you've ever prayed for. I'm preaching to at least seven people. If that's you, shake your neighbor. Tell them, neighbor, that's me. Tell them, start walking. Start walking. Start walking. Start walking. Start walking. Start walking. Start walking, start walking, start walking. Walk, walk, walk and prophesy. Walk and fulfill the Great Commission. Walk and make disciples. Walk and preach the word in and out of season. Walk and worship God in spirit and in truth. Walk, 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 walk. Walk and cast out devils. Walk and heal the sick. Walk and pray in the Holy Ghost. Walk and shift the atmosphere. Walk and reform the culture. Walk. I'm done. I'm done. Where's Pastor at? Where's Pastor? All right, Pastor. I'm done. Right here it is. Ready? Everybody go like. Move your feet while you're doing it because you're walking. And the doors are. Can I speak to somebody here? The stuff you've been going through recently, it's all a distraction. The devil's trying to get your focus off destiny. Just look at him and say, Señor, te reprendan el nombre de Jesús de Nazaret. 
I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. The Lord rebuke you in the name. I will not be distracted as for me and my family. Is this for anybody in this place? All right, wait, wait. For real, I'm not kidding. I'm serious, serious. All right, don't move, don't move. Here it is, this is it, this is it. And now, the conclusion. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. Stop. Do your appropriate biblical exeget, please. It says, but. So it's all positive, right? It's all the man walking and healed. And, and then it says, but growing up in my generation, I know what but is. I know because I, I heard it every Saturday morning. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? That's right. So, it, but is a grammatical instrument that stops the fluidity. It is the quintessential, semantical, syntactual interrupter. But it happened. I mean, it happened when it wasn't supposed to happen. According to man and culture and the religious paradigm of that day and age, they looked at him. He's walking up. You're walking. And they, hey, hey, what you doing? By the way, they don't even go like, dude, you're walking. The religious people always, always get upset when God uses those they deem unqualified. And they cared about this. And they focused on this. It happened when it wasn't supposed to happen. Raise your right hand. I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus with fear and trembling in the Holy Ghost that what's about to take place next in your life will anger the Pharisees, upset hell, and give you a testimony that will change your life forevermore. If this is for you, give God the best shout. You've given him all day. Hey! Yeah, 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 yes, yes, shout it! It happened on the Sabbath. It happened. Raise your right hand. It means that God will do it when people say he's not supposed to do it. God will do it when hell says it's not supposed to happen. God will do it when your flesh says it's not supposed to happen. God will do it when your past says it's not supposed to happen. He'll do it on the Sabbath. He'll do it in the midst of a storm. He'll do it in the fiery furnace. He'll do it on the Sabbath just for you. Raise your hands. You're going to go back home and you're going to see he's going to do it on the Sabbath. In the midst of all the pushback you've been receiving, you are about to experience the greatest breakthrough thus far. 
I'm prophesying to someone in this place. Someone watching right now. Someone listening. In the midst of all the hell you've been going through, you're about to receive your greatest breakthrough. Because he'll do it on the... He'll do it on the... God will do it. God will make it happen when it's not supposed to happen. He's going to do it with your family and your home and your marriage and your ministry and your calling. With your body and your health and your finances. Is this for anybody here? I'm really going to let go now. This is not a sermonette, as Pastor Rod partially alluded to yesterday. It's not. It's a prophetic impartation. I lived this. This past January, I participated in something that, let's just say, not political. We're not going to get into politics. We don't do politics. It was a prophetic. Listen carefully. It's not. It, I was an advisor to George W. Bush. I was an advisor to President Obama. I disagreed with policies and so forth, but I, I still, God gave me access for whatever reason. I had an advisor, and then this president invited me in to speak into him. And so I, George W., Barack Obama, and now, so, all right. I know my calling. I get my assignments. I did not call them and say, can I speak into you? I didn't text them and say, I got a word. They called me. They called me. Because I don't need to pry open the door. If you live a holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble life, the doors will open up that no man, no devil, no demon, no legion, no principality. All in Christ, because of Christ, for Christ. So I got a call this past December before Christmas. Pastor Rodriguez, yes sir. The president would like you to participate in the swearing-in ceremony. My wife was seated next to me. We we're on Bluetooth in the car. I said, let me, let, me deliver, let me pray about this. I'm inclined, but let me pray. I, immediately, I told the person, I'm going to speak to my executive committee. In full disclosure, the executive committee was my wife and my three kids. <laughs> so I spoke to my executive committee. They all, my wife who was with me when I was 14 years old in my Assembly of God Church, when a man walked in there who never met me and prophesied to me and said, you will pray over presidents. My parents are not preachers. I didn't even believe half the stuff I saw in my Pentecostal church. I thought it was all made up. I really did. I was a Trekkie. I grew up as a Trekkie, a math kid. I'm still an evangelical Trekkie. That's besides the point. But I, I grew up just being skeptical of what I saw. So the man said, and then one year later, I doubted it because I said, ah, a Sammy in a Latino church, if he would have said Maria or Jose, that's 100%. Somebody here is Maria or Jose. Sammy, about 50%. Samuel, you never know. So one year later, somebody else came in and said, because you ignored what I said last year, I'm here to tell you again. And that word about presidents and just whatever, it was repeated so many times, really. So my wife said, you're doing it. She didn't even ask us, you're doing it. God said you would have access. You're doing it. I went, but the, the, the whole, you know, honey, our church, many, I don't know what, who, many voted for who. I don't, I don't want to lose, like, I don't. She went, stop it. You will do it. I don't know if you ever heard a word from a Latina woman before. <laughs> you don't play. So I said the two words that are just quintessential to every successful marriage, yes, dear. The guy calls me back and says, well, are you going to do it? And I went like, 
let me, are you going to tell me what to say or what to read? Because in certain polities, I'm not going to get into that. In certain administrations, they tell you what to say. I don't, I don't disagree with that. They want to make sure nothing crazy comes out. So they tell you what to say, and you basically are a, are a mouthpiece. I went, are you going to tell me what to say or what to read or what to... And they went, oh, no. We want you to share whatever the Spirit tells you to share. I knew it was God then, right? This is a God thing. So here I am in January. Again, this is beyond politics. Put the politics aside. I'm before 1.1 billion people. That's how many saw, participated around the world. 1.1 billion. I get the microphone and I deliver. And I deliver. I need to put this in perspective without getting into the nuances of the campaign. I happen to be of a certain ethnic tribe. So they looked at me and said, Pastor Rodriguez, how in the world did you get the invite to speak for this? And all I said is, it happened when it wasn't supposed to happen. Be it perceived or real, that's irrelevant. So here I am, and I wrap up the prayer right before I pray. And I actually read Matthew 5, and I prayed. True story. I get a message in my inbox, and the message from the inbox. I'm seated here behind all the presidents, all the presidents. And I'm, I'm here because we were all on our phones. <laughs> really, we were. And, and a little sign a little sign, it said, get off your phones. Everybody was on. Like the Supreme Court was texting. <laughs> so we were, and all of a sudden, I get a message in my inbox from someone I've never met. A lady began to prophesy. That's never happened to me before. She began to say, Pastor Sam, and why did I read inbox, boom, popped up and said, Pastor Sam, read urgently. And said, Pastor Sam, you need to run out of there. Something tragic is about to happen at the swearing-in ceremony. You must run and not participate. And they spiritualized it. The Lord said, we were praying and it's going to happen. The moment I read that, it ran so counter to my destiny that I did something I had to do. I blocked her in the name of Jesus. Right before your greatest breakthrough, the devil will show up to distract you, to pull you away. What you've been going through recently is the enemy attempting you to run away from your destiny. If hell has shown up to stop you, put a shout on your lip. It only means that you, you are next. And then, of course, I did the prayer and I finished by saying, Respectfully, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. 1.1 billion people heard the name of Jesus. Y'all don't get that. That's not just anything. I'm a Pentecostal. It means that I believe when I say in the name of Jesus, every devil, demon, legion, principality, and power of darkness has... They looked at him and said, just like they did to me, who gives you the right? Read it. Who gives you the right? Who gave you the authority to carry what you're carrying? Read it. 
After I finished that prayer, I got some haters. Who gave you the authority? Who gave you the right to participate in that swearing-in ceremony? Who gave you the right? His response was my response. He said, the one who healed me. In other words, hey, honey, hey, man, if you did not save me, if you did not deliver me, if you did not heal me, if you did not turn me around and place my feet on solid ground, then you don't have the right to tell me what or what I cannot carry. The one who saved me, the one who delivered me, the one who healed me. Because if their praise does not make you, their criticism cannot break you. If their praise doesn't make you, their criticism cannot break you. Raise both hands now. The one who saved me gave me the right. The one who saved me. Who delivered me in the name of Jesus Tony today pain is over praise arrives in the name of Jesus paralysis ends right here right now raise both hands You're next. God told me to tell you, and I say that again with fear and trembling. God told me to tell you, you're next. Your days and your season of paralysis officially came to an end. Right here, right now. Actually, 2,000 years on the cross ago, but just you realized it right here, right now. And not just for a season. In Jesus' name, you and your family, your home, your marriage, your ministry, your calling, your destiny will never be stuck or paralyzed ever again. If you truly believe that, I want you to seal it with the kind of praise that says, God, this is all me. Give God the best and the highest praise you've given him in all of the minion 2017. Come on, high five your neighbor, tell him, I told you I was next. 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 But it happened on the Sabbath. 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 Hey! Here it is, before I give it to our pastor. Everybody, if you can physically, if you cannot, don't worry, just do it in your mind. If you can physically, when I say one, I want everyone to begin by, if you can, I'm gonna give you instructions before you do it. I want you to squat a little bit. When I say one, I want you like to stand up. When I say two, I want you to go like this. Pick up your mat. And when I say three, start walking. I promise you, the moment you start walking, Carrying the proof, oh, the testimony, because what, you can, what God has placed on you is greater than anything hell can place in front of you.
Did you hear that? And the enemy is threatened by what you carry. So when I say one, you're going to stand up. When I say two, you're going to pick up your mat. When I say three, you're going to start walking and change the world around you for the glory of Jesus. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I told you I was next. Tell your other neighbor, I told you I was next. Tell them, it happened on the Sabbath. 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 Are you ready? Everybody squat. You squat a little bit. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Get those cat muscles. Those ready? One. Move those knees. Go ahead. Ready? Two. Pick up your mat. You don't live there anymore. You don't live there anymore. It's a new season. All things are made new. Dorothy, we're not in Kansas anymore. Are you ready? Are you ready? Watch those doors open up. Ready? One, two, three, start walking. Start walking. Give God his heart. Give God praise right now. Walk. Pastor Rod, where are you? Pastor Parsley. Pastor. Pastor, I'm going to give you the mic. One more time. Ready? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You're just there. You're, you're in the parking lot. You're, you're, you're jumping on the sidewalk. You're going to take one more step, and the sensor is going to read your presence. You have finally reached a place in your faith in Christ. In Him we live, in Him we move, in Him we have arms. Acts 17, 28. You have finally found that you don't even have to... It's just gonna, so when I say now, just take one more and watch the door just, by the time you get home, the doors you've been praying for will be open in your favor because of what you carry, ready? One, two, three, take that step, get. Stand up, pick up your mat and walk. The words of Jesus, John chapter five, to the man who was paralyzed. Your days of paralysis are officially over. If you've been blessed by this program, if you've heard from heaven, if God has spoken to you, to your family, to your dreaming, your destiny, now I'm gonna encourage you right now to generously sow a seed into this ministry. This ministry for the glory of God, not rhetorically, for the glory of God, we are seeing the world 
change. We are literally reaching millions around the world through God's transformative word, through His power, through His Spirit. We're committed to the centrality of Christ, to the word of Almighty God, and through a free flow of His Spirit. I want you to help me change the world. I don't want to talk about changing the world. I want to really change the world. But it requires your help, your financial investment, your generous love offering. The information's on the screen. Follow me on PastorSam.com, on Facebook, Reverend Samuel Rodriguez, Twitter and Instagram, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. I want you to follow me right now, but I want you to visit our website, and I want you to give right now. Sow a generous seed. I assure you, your life will be blessed because you and I will be the greatest blessing as we touch the world. We are not talking about changing the world. You and I, we're changing the world in Jesus' name. God bless you. God keep you. If this message is ministered to you, please consider sowing to this outreach ministry. Make your check payable to New Season, P.O. Box 246090, Sacramento, California, 95824. Additionally, you may make a secure donation by visiting our website's Give page at newseasonedworship.org. If you are in the Sacramento area, we invite you to join us at New Season Christian Worship Center. Sunday worship services are held at 9 a.m. and 12 p.m. We look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for watching. Join us next time on New Season with Pastor Sam Rodriguez.